dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old man Grognard here. Happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. I, sorry about that. I've been, just woke up, I guess, and it, uh, slept a little late tonight. Actually got some good sleep. Now, it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't situations. If I don't sleep very well, I'm groggy like this, and I sleep too well, I have a hard time waking up. So, you know how that feels. <laughs> uh, I do not know if we're going to have a game tonight. I'm not sure. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. What the hey? I hope. And that's usually the way it goes around here. I can always work on something else, I guess. Okay, today we have a rather lengthy email, and I'm probably going to be going off on that. And we'll get into that after this. All right. From John Allen Large, I have an email about the show I did the other day about PC versus PC combat. So let's listen to that. Go ahead, John. Hi, Glenn. It's John here from the Red Dice Stories. Just wanted to drop a message about your latest episode where you're talking about player character conflict. And yeah, I've got to agree, I'm really not a big fan of it in games, partly because it can cause ill feeling and also because it can bog down a session and stop people getting on with like the actual fun stuff. Now, one of the reasons I tend to think that this sort of thing happens, and like you say, people who would react completely nor completely differently if they were sort of punched by someone in real life, why they'd sort of draw a sword and go at them in a game, is because everything's quite abstracted in a game. There's no sort of like you're smacked in the face or anything, you feel the pain, you reel back, you think, oh, do I really want none of those sort of slaps around the chops? There's none of that because you're removed from it by the game. Now, obviously, it's necessary that people be removed from the game and we have like a, a whole level of imagination which can only convey so much. And obviously, you wouldn't really want to convey all the feelings of like being hit, punched and stabbed to the actual player of the character, that'd be pretty horrendous given some of the things that player characters get up to in a typical D&D style game. But unless the person's a really good role player who can sort of like get into that headspace, like, oh, I've just been smacked in the face. How do I feel about that? It can lead to this difference of approach based on the character, or like you say, the, the stereotypical sort of like Billy Badass character, as I call them, just sort of going for people. I think uh, another issue as well is that so much of like the typical D&D game is based on dungeon crawls and situations where you do end up fighting monsters and the like. So it can be very difficult when the player characters move back to like a more civilized, ostensibly, or urban area to sort of throttle back from that, hey, there's a monster there, time to get the swords out and make with the smackdown sort of mindset. A lot of people tend to react the same way. So even if it's just like a, a group of city guards, to use your example, who are coming in and making some inquiries, some players will see that as, here's another group of monsters, it's time to lay the smackdown on them, loot the corpses and get the treasure. 
which fine in a dungeon when you're confronted by undead or something like that, but it doesn't really work when you're in a bustling city surrounded by God. And the only way I've found to discourage that is just to play out the consequences of that. If you attack some gods, more gods are going to be called in to help them pacify you, and you're probably going to find yourself slung in jail in quick order. Anyway, really enjoyed the episode, dude. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've got my own theories, too, about why this happens. And the point you make about being removed, one step removed from this, but the game does, well, yeah, I think it's that plus it's a game. So there are players who go in there feeling invincible, even though they're not. They have hit points and stuff, but they're figuring, oh, well, if I die, I die. I'll just make another character type of thing, which for some games is a rather long, convoluted affair. So why would they even try and flirt with danger? But that's that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, it's that... And I would play out the consequences too, but I'm a little more cautious as a game master because I play with people like you play out the consequences. Oh, pretty soon, you know, the guards come, they arrest him, he fights back, he draws sword, they draw swords, and they call more, they blow a whistle ball, call more guards or something like that, and. Next thing you know, you have a big old fight on your hands, a big old encounter, which I don't want to do every single time. Or I could just role-play it out where he gets arrested, they slap some cuffs on him or however they restrain him, and just, you know, just do it and say, you're arrested. I pull out my sword, you can't, you're, you're tied and things like that. And that next thing you know, you get a player who's all butthurt about it. And, oh, my God, they captured me. What am I going to do? He says, well, maybe you're... <laughs> I say, maybe your friends can throw some bail for you. Who knows? And I would role play some situation where they end up going to the constable's office and, you know, sheriff's office or whatever. And just explain the situation. Very, very sorry. Won't do it again. I'd roll, maybe he give them some leniency if they was the first time this happened or they're new in town or something like that. Or I can find a corrupt, sh- or I can find, or they can find out it's a corrupt sheriff and no, he's, they're going to stay in here. He's going to stay there until he rots or his trial comes up, whichever comes first, if there's a trial. If you want to play it like that. And that's a whole other adventure right there. How about that, huh? But I would do like, you know, leniency and then get him out. And it's like, let's see if this happens again. But I do risk having a, a player who's all, you know, uh, uh, you did that to me, that wasn't fair. Well, yeah, it was fair. Was it fair what you did to the guards? So it's just the kind of thing where, hey, reality ensues sometimes. You think I'm going to... And it's also, a point, it's also the point of... You get the feeling that the guy's trying to mess, the, mess with the... I get, I get the feeling the guy's trying to mess with me. Like some people, like my friend Matt, he will do that just to push the envelope and just to be a, you know, a rabble rouser and things like that. And I understand that, but 
with somebody like Matt, you got to give as be- as good as you can get. And he and he respects and understands that. But some people, they just want to mess with you. They just want to mess with you and your game. And, you know, the excuse, well, it's in character, only goes so far with me. Yeah, it's in character, but you're the player. You're supposed to rein in your character or something like that. This could be played out another way is what I'm saying. So there's that. Anyway... Thank you, John. I appreciate that. That was a good email. Now, I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this today, but I'm going to. I'm going to talk about something I know very little about, but I'm talking about what I see. Let's talk about what I see rather than what I know. And that's dice. I, I talked about dice being heavy in your bag and all this. I've talked about dice before, but let's talk about dice as... What their, what their function is in the game is to throw random chance into the game. That's what they're there for. And I, you know, I keep thinking back about the silly superstitions everybody have with dice, dice that roll, roll the way you want them and you punish them and blah, 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 blah. And to me, it's just like, well, try another die or that doesn't work. Give it away or throw it away. Because dice, see, I know very little about things like dice balance and things. But, you know, after a while, I can figure out who rolls good and who rolls not not so good with the dice I have. I'm not talking about my big old crowd roll, you know five-gallon bag of dice, I can't go through all those, but I mean, if I take some out and I use them for consistently for a few games, I can figure out which ones are good, which ones ain't. And to me, it all comes down to, I think, manufacture. Because there are dice people, there are dice manufacturers out there, I think, that don't really give two, two hoots about dice, you know, things like, well, is this dice balanced? This die balanced? And they do kind of have to be balanced. I've, I've had dice where I can't do anything with them and I gave them away because I figure they're not balanced. So, you know. But, you know, they have to be manufactured right. And sometimes you find one that's gold that'll roll your way every time. That doesn't mean it's balanced. That just means it's balanced in your favor. You just happen to luck, on them, luck upon them. This is why I love... This is why I love things like pounds of dice, because I never know what I'm going to get, and I may find gold in there, gold in the dross, just like I do with those those cheapo movie packs I buy. I'm going to find some gold in there, I think. But dice, yeah, there's, let's see, who are the big, who are the two big ones? It's Chessix and Game Science. Now, everybody says, oh, game science dice, they're great. Luzachi really does a good job on them, make sure they're balanced, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, Chessex is cheaper, and I think they do a decent job. There's also people who want the you know, the precision dice, the one with the sharp corners and everything. And then there's the ones with the rounded. I used to be a rounded corner dice person, but I'm kind of like I take it as I go now. If I have If I have a precision dice, I'll use them. If I don't, I'll use those. I'll use whatever I have, basically. And I like things where I can plunk down something like, I think the pounded eyes are like 35 bucks now. Yikes. 
But there are cheaper dice. There's, a, I think there's a place called Whiz Dice that does pounds of dice and things like that. But they try and break them up into sets, which to me, I don't care if it's a set. As long as I got the basic dice that I need, they don't have to match as long as they roll good. So there's those three manufacturers, and there's probably others out there. I found some dice. Somebody, I I found this out by somebody posted something on on Facebook about the dice he found at Walmart, and it's made by Guardian Games or something like that. Some I couldn't on their website. I couldn't find them anywhere on the website. I'd probably go to Walmart.com and find them or Amazon. But they're selling like three sets of dice for eight bucks with little bags in them. I thought, that's cool. I rolled them. They rolled pretty good. So I like to carry those now. And maybe my tin of good dice, I'm not sure. But the little ones are like if somebody doesn't have, if somebody doesn't have a set of dice, I'll just throw them a bag and say, here, use these. So... I'll always have dice, but I thought that was a real bargain. They seem to roll pretty well. So, yeah, I think I think you should test your dice when you first get them or something like that. You know, do like 10 or 12 rolls on a D20 and see how it comes up. <laughs> I grabbed one out of the, that pack I talked about the other day. I rolled an instant one. Ooh. Ooh, ouch. But then I took another one of a different color, a different set of them. I rolled the 20 and I got an instant 20. So, hey, you know, but I rolled them a few times and they seem to average out pretty well. See, I, this is the I'm, now I'm getting into the area where I know nothing about things, dice balance and odds and and things like, you know, like gambling and percentile and what will, uh, what am I trying to say? Odds, I guess. I always want to say odds. I can't think of the word, but. You you know what I'm saying. So that's what we have to deal with. And like I said, I take it however it comes. If you want, you know, if you want something a little more precise, then go for something like game science, I guess. You know, if you want that, if you want nine times out of ten, if you want a good die, go go there. Chess six is okay. You get some good dice out of that. And uh, whiz dice, I, I really haven't tried, but I've known people who like swear by them. And it's like, this is really nice. I said, okay, cool. Fantastic. If I bought some, I'd probably just throw them in my bag, in my big old bag. But anyway, that's what I'm talking about today. That's what I'm talking about today. Wow. Going on 12 minutes and I'm still talking, chattering about dice balance. <laughs> well, but I, I got to go start my day, so... If you want to talk about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail to me on Anchor. And we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I thank you. And I want to thank my supporters, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, and John Allen. You guys are great. Don't forget the Young Grognard, Y-U-N-G Grognard podcast for Dan Gregg, Mark C. Walring's The Yawning Owlbear podcast, and Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries podcast. The last two are anchors. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.